Welcome, everyone, to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips, too. So let's get the show started. Welcome to our listeners around the world via the podcast and our Facebook podcast platform, our listeners on our FM station in New York, and our two Philadelphia radio stations. It's Tuesday evening drive time for you. Let's get this great show started. Chef Gene, take it away. Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is one of the most solemn weeks there is for several religions, obviously, in the Christian religion and being Catholic in the Catholic faith, uh, Easter is the most solemn time of the year. But one of the most wonderful stories and celebrations that take place this time of year is during Passover. Passover begins the 15th, Friday the 15th and ends Saturday the 23rd, um, this being the year 5782 in the Hebrew calendar. And one of the most remarkable things that people can do and have at their home, whether they are Jewish or not, is some type of celebration of the Seder. I love a Seder dinner. I recently did one, an educational Seder at Chestnut Hill College. It was an absolutely fabulous experience for the students involved. I had a student there that was attending the school that lives in Israel, so it was a very special moment for her. Some members of the religious um, order that were there, the rector of campus ministry, and it was a really wonderful experience to talk about my experience with Jewish dietary law, Seder dinners, and you know, food as it relates to storytelling, and get some feedback from them. So Seder literally means a story, and a Seder plate is a small plate that goes in the center of a table, and it has very specific items that go on that that help tell the story and remind us of what we're all there for. Seder is a celebration. One of the things that I love is there is a story that goes along with that, a prayer of sorts that begins a Seder oftentimes in some families where they talk about don't get caught up in the stress of tradition. If you miss something, it's okay because this is a celebration. It's a celebration of freedom, so let's not get too stressed about it. It's a wonderful sentiment at my house at Christmas time. We get so crazy with baking cookies and food and presents and wrapping and all that stuff that we sometimes lose touch of what it is. So the Seder is a really wonderful story. It's passing on the Exodus, the, the story of the freedom of of the Hebrews from the Pharaoh. So a Seder plate is a very uh, storytelling plate that goes in the center of the table, and it has several things on it that are very important for everyone to understand what they are. An egg, which is the festival offering brought to the Holy Temple at Passover. It's a symbol of that. Then there are several bitter herbs. Um, Horseradish is always on a Seder plate or usually on a Seder plate, sometimes made even more bitter by a little vinegar added to it. That bitterness, and this is a wonderful symbolic thing, that bitterness is the bitterness of slavery, the, the bitterness that the, the Jews were treated with by the Pharaoh. Um, 
Carpus, which is the spring greens, parsley. And it, parsley is a really wonderful thing in the aspect that it represents the flourishing of the Hebrew community in the early days and how excited they were to you know, be doing things. And then it is dipped in salt water. And that is the, the tears of bitterness that they felt being enslaved. One of the other things I love about the roasted egg or the boiled egg that is done is it represents a completeness, a, a whole, a circle of life, so that no matter where you are today, life gets better. It comes around in a full circle. There's also a lamb shank, a roasted lamb shank. And a roasted lamb shank has two very distinct um, parts of this. One of them is that it celebrates the grand sacrifice made at the temple, but the other part is symbolic of the bone that was used to paint the symbols of, on bl- of blood on the Jewish family doors so that God knew not to take their firstborn as he was with the Egyptians and, and you know, the, the, those that were being punished. There's also a couple of, one of my haroset, which is one of my favorite things. I love to eat haroset. It's a wonderful food. It's composed of either apples, figs, or dates, and it comes with walnuts and a little bit of honey and a little bit of spice added to it, a little bit of cinnamon oftentimes, and a little bit of wine. And it's blended together, and it's finely pureed, and it looks like mortar or cement. And that is symbolic of the mortar that was used to build the temples for the pharaoh. And the last is a second better green, a bitter green, usually romaine lettuce. And the romaine is really wonderful because you dip the romaine, that bitter green, that harshness, into the haroset, the mortar, to symbolize the harshness of slavery, of building those things. Great story about the Haroset, though. So figs, dates, apples, all used independently of each other in different parts of the world. Figs represent uh, virginity. Dates represent fertility. And apples, we'll get to that in a moment. The reason for this is that when they were enslaved, the, the Hebrew population was so large, the Pharaoh thought they were a threat so that he kept the men and women segregated in order to keep down the population. So, you know, figs and dates, obviously, that symbolism is there. The apples are such a cute little story tied into this all, that when the men went to work building the palaces, the women went to work in the orchards and the fields, and the men would sneak in and the women would seduce them under the apple trees. Therefore, we have apples and heroes. Really fabulous story. There's also salt water at the table. There's a glass of wine at the table, and everybody gets a glass of wine or grape juice, depending on your age. But the glass of wine that's sitting on the table is there to welcome in the prophet Elijah, which is the harbinger to the Messiah. So it's a really cool storytelling setting. There's also three different matzahs that are on the table, matzah unleavened bread. When the Jews fled, they fled in such a rush that they were unable to take any leaven products, risen products with them. So the story at Passover is everything must be unleavened. And we're going to get into that a little bit more. There's also a glass of water, and I, I love this part, that's left at usually an open seat someplace. And that is 
a glass of water in honor of Moses' sister Miriam. Miriam had this gift to be able to find fresh water in the desert, so we do this to bring in and welcome Miriam and pay tribute to her. Two things when you set a Seder plate, or if you go to a community Seder, and I urge that, if there is a community Seder in your neighborhood, they're usually about 30 to $40 a person, go. It's incredible food, but the story that comes with it is going to be so enlightening to you. I'm Catholic. We do a Seder. It's a wonderful thing. It's a story. It's a great meal. It's a fabulous thing to be able to do with friends and family. But the two things that you see now, one, and I did this the other night when we sat this, I put an orange at the table. The orange is symbolic of a celebration of the marginalized communities and what they bring to the family. The orange celebrates the fruitfulness of the gay and lesbian community, of women who were oftentimes not celebrated you know, to their full potential. So those marginalized communities, that orange is there for their celebration and welcoming their fruitfulness into the family, into the community. And a new thing that we see now oftentimes in community theaters is an olive. An olive symbolizes the hope for peace between the Palestinians and the Israelis. It's a beautiful symbol of hoping for peace and going from there. So a little bit about the food. Everybody's been to a Jewish deli. We know the quality, the heart, the, the, you know, the heart and soul that's put into cooking. But around Passover, things get a little tighter. They're a little bit more restricted. There are things called chumets, which are forbidden foods, mostly risen greens to the point where pasta is a no-go, breadcrumbs, any type of cracker, any type of, uh, you know, bread product other than a matzah, which is the unleavened bread, because you've got to remember that they fled so quickly that they went out to the desert without that. So a little bit more about Jewish dietary law, so we can get into that. Um, they are controlled by something called the Kushrat, which is the laws, and it's very simple. People get so confused over what you can eat, what you cannot eat, things like that. You can eat land, you can eat land animals that have cloven hooves and chew a cud. Therefore, they eat grass, okay? So that eliminates pork right out, right out there. Seafood is simply defined as anything with fins and scales. You know, shellfish, out of the question. No birds of prey. That's another little part of that. And then traditionally, and this is, you know, changed over time in, in certain traditions and, and, you know, in Reformed uh, Jewish dietary law, you can you know, get around this, but meat and dairy should not be eaten together. There is actually a passage that says, do not boil a kid in its mother's milk. Okay, that's right. So those types of food that we can't eat are considered uh, treif or forbidden. Then there are neutral foods that are parv. When you see parv, the word parv, it's a neutral food. So vegetables, potatoes, things like that. Okay. My menu the other night, I did a simple, I, I set a Seder plate. I did a potato laki with applesauce. Why? Because I was doing chicken dinner, so I could not do sour cream. So Because no dairy, no meat at the same table, so I went that way. Now, had I went with just a fish dinner, I could have put dairy out at the table. But, you know, dairy said no butter, 
you know, you're using fats, you're using other types of things. Matzo ball soup, one of my favorite things in the entire world, pretty much a uh, wonderful chicken broth with a matzo ball that could be very light and fluffy if you make it correctly. It's made with matzo flour, which is an unrisen flour. Um, Gefilte fish. So I put that as a lesson for students that were at this educational seder. Gefilte fish is carp. It is a carp pate for all intents and purposes. Um, it's very fatty. It's a lot of natural gelatin in it. Um, I will suggest this. I like gefilte fish. But if you're going to be at a community seder and gefilte fish is served to you and there's horseradish there, Give it a good liberal dose of horseradish. Trust me on that one. Okay. I did a little hummus. Um, I did the hummus with some vegetables. Very simply, I did a roasted chicken that was marinated for a couple days in lemon, garlic, olive oil, a little salt and pepper, nothing complicated. I did a wonderful pesto crusted salmon. I did roasted carrots with dill, and I did a potato kugel. If you're unfamiliar with what kugels are, Kugels are absolutely fabulous. I like a sweet kugel you can get as a dessert. It A kugel, for all intents and purposes, macaroni and cheese could be a kugel, okay? It's a baked product made with macaroni or potatoes. Obviously, at a Passover Seder, I'm going to do potatoes because I can't have that pasta that's there. Flourless chocolate cake and then macaroons and sliced fruit, sliced berries, things like that. Absolutely great way to finish the night. And some really, really wonderful wines. So, um, in the line of wines, everybody could go. And, you know, as a kid, I grew up, and we always tried, you know, Mogan David, back then we called it Mad Dog, but Mogan David makes a, a line of wines that are appropriate for Passover celebrations. Manischewitz is another one, you know, uh, Concord grape, you know, common, very, they're the two that you can get in every state store. But there are three wines that I really strongly, strongly, strongly talk about that are uh, great. So Carmel, Carmel Vineyards, C-A-R-M-E-L Vineyards. They come from Israel. Uh, if you can get any of their wines, you can find the symbol on there to show that they are, you know, a kosher wine, acceptable for Passover. Fabulous. Then there's a Covenant, and I like the uh, Covenant Chardonnay Levon. It's a uh, Sonoma. One of the best wines with matzo ball soups you'll ever get. Just absolutely with any light broth, any chicken, but with matzo ball soup, it's like that they were made together, that they should be celebrated together. They also make a uh, red blend Covenant, and it's another wine. So with Carmel, you're paying in Pennsylvania probably about $15 a bottle. With the Covenant, you're probably paying about $40 a bottle. Well worth it. Mogan David, um, I don't even want to go into what the cost of that is. but uh, And then Manischewitz, you're paying about $10, $11 a bottle for that. You know, things like that. When you go to the supermarket this time of year, you find lots and lots and lots of kosher products. And... They're all labeled kosher for Passover. They all have a little symbol on them. It's a wonderful type of situation. But then there's a little bit more that you can get into. So I love matzahs. I, 
I'm a cracker guy. I like that with you know, a lot of different things. But there are a couple different types of matzahs that are out there. So you can just buy a standard egg matzah. You can buy a standard matzah. But there are also a type that's a shimura, which is shimura is a supervised matzah. So from the time the grain has been harvested till the time the cracker is produced, that has been supervised so that no heat, no water, or no natural process was there to begin fermentation of any type because a fermented grain is a forbidden product. You can't have that at Passover. You can get them, and there are many places now, bakeries around the holidays, where you can actually get a fresh-baked matzah. It's very thin. It's light. It's a really wonderful product, you know, expanding out that. You can go to Google and find amazing menus, amazing recipes to bring home and make a Passover meal. You can go to Amazon and get a Seder plate. I needed several Seder plates for this, um, one for every table. I think I paid like $1.59 a piece for them on Amazon. You know, this disposable ones that explained or, or had pictures of the food for the guests that were uh, there. It was really wonderful. I have a Seder plate at home. Um, I also have a Kiddush cup, which is a traditional cup for the wine. But, you know, you can just use a plastic cup. You don't have to do anything about, you know, special with that. But look at the recipes. And the recipes, brisket is another one. You know, nothing like a slow-braised brisket that allows you to uh, just fork tender, you know, rich in flavor. The vegetables served on the side of it. Really, really wonderful meal. If you still have an opportunity and you want to do this, there are many places in the city of Philadelphia and the surrounding areas that you can get Passover Seder meals delivered to your house. My favorite, I think the best Passover Seder, uh, Lynn Buno, Skip Schwartzman at Feast Your Eyes Catering. I cannot say enough about their food. I believe their, their Seder meals actually have ended. Um, but an absolutely fabulous thing. Uh, up in Bucks County, uh, uh is a place that I go oftentimes and I can get things up there. You know, enjoy the celebration. Learn the tradition. In 20 minutes, you can become familiar with the story. You can get uh, the Passover book that, that guides you through the readings at Acme for free. They have them out there. Believe it or not, they're produced by Maxwell House. I don't know how that happens, but, you know, they are. And, and I actually have a copy here. It's, it's really wonderful. It tells the story of, you know, the, the exodus and everything that goes with that. It's a really wonderful thing. So that being said, I just want to wish everybody out there a very joyous Passover, a very happy Easter. You know, begin to explore the cultures. You're going to learn so much from the food. The flavors are amazing. The story is amazing. And paying homage to that freedom from slavery in such a symbolic way, you can't go wrong. Everybody have a great holiday season. That was great, Chef. 
Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. To become a sponsor of our show and have your business or event promoted on every single podcast platform, two Philadelphia radio stations on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. evening drive time, an FM station in New York, and to the millions of Facebook users worldwide with access to the Facebook mobile app. Send us an email to either foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com or diningonadime at yahoo.com. And we're back. Amaris Pollock, introduce us to your fabulous guest. Hey, everyone. So I want to reintroduce you to friends of the show, Tim Witcher, who owns the the Wing Kitchen, and Tony Luke Jr., who, I mean, everyone knows Tony and his cheesesteaks. So, um, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. (laughs) So um, you both have a lot of things that you are involved with that you're doing. So, uh, Tim, why don't you tell our listeners real quick some of the things that are upcoming with your wing kitchen and with your students? Absolutely. So uh, first of all, the uh, wing wing kitchen um, brick-and-mortar locations are closed probably for a few weeks. Um, The one in Turnersville should be opening it back sometime towards the end of May. Um, just as we get ready for this really exciting season coming up. Um, again, we're in Clemenon Park, and we're going to have two stands in Clemenon Park. One, the, the wing kitchen you guys all know and love, and then we're doing a hot dog concept called Chip and Dog, where we're doing fresh fried potato chips and um, hot dogs with all the same things, chef-driven sides and toppings, all the, the homemade chilies and cheese sauces and some special relishes and hot sauce. So that would be pretty cool. Um, also, we're in Subaru Stadium the Philadelphia Union. Um, that's going wonderful. And some other good stuff coming up, up and coming pretty soon, um, which is very, very wonderful. So I- I'm excited. And I'm excited for you too. And I hope uh, with the hot dogs and the, the chicken wings, there's going to be some sort of eating co- contest. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Listen, we need to make that happen. <laughs> right in the middle. Right, right in the middle of the pool. Exactly. So in the park, we're like sandwiching the wave pool. So on one end, you get off the water slide. And you know you're you're, uh, you're hot, ashy, and hungry, and you come up to the wing um the wing stand and get some goods. On the other side, as you're lounging in your lounge chairs, you got one of these all beef, um, big beef hot dogs on a steam bun. You know this it, is great. It's a great thing. And then the chips, the potato chips are nuts. We're doing some house on um, rubs and um and flavorings. It's going to be dynamite. And uh, listen, I'm just excited. Come get some goods. You're gonna have to package those up and start selling them on like Gold Belly or whatever. Yeah, listen, I love that. <laughs> or, or QVC, which liaison into uh, Tony Luke. You are always all over the place. Like, you are not only, you know, the, the face and the name and, and whatnot, the brand of your your foods, but you also are a comedian. You are on um, stage as a musician. You have so much going on. Why don't you tell our listen- listeners about some of the other stuff that you have going on as well as in the culinary world? Wow. Okay. Um, so we we are going to be in full production for the original Round Dog uh, this summer, which I'm really excited about. So that's going. We have new facilities where we're doing the frozen food line, the steak itself, and also the frozen sandwiches that they can now get not just retail but in food service. I have, I can't tell you exactly yet because we have to let the cat out of the bag when I should, but I have a huge concert coming up in June 
uh, in Atlantic City. Um, I just got picked up by a new record label. So we are taking the album that is out now, and we are doing a full remix of the album and kind of giving it a little bit of a different, some of them more of an acoustic feel. And we are going to re-release that in May. So that's what we're working on now with this new company. I just signed a publishing deal with uh, Heart Song Music for Nashville as a songwriter, and I have five songs coming out in the next three months with different artists. One is Bailey James, which is in the studio now cutting uh, two tracks that I had written, which he's doing a duet with Corey Singer. I have a single coming out with Corey Singer. I have Electric Queens. I have two songs coming out with Electric Queens as well this summer. So the songwriting has really started to move, and I'm excited about the new label and what they want to do with pushing this. The foundation, soundmynetwork.org, is really starting to come together. We're getting more and more people that do uh, music therapy involved and art therapy. We're really starting to get on top of the website, putting this all together where people can go. And also the Bacon Brothers are releasing their new single for the Sound My Network. I just shot a brand new video for my single Forever and Today, which will also be released in the next two months. So musically, a lot's going on. Food-wise, lots going on too. So it kind of keeps me hopping. Plus, I had already spoke uh, to Chef. Me and him have something that we're working on, which kind of got delayed. I would have had it done already. But Chef knows what I'm talking about, but I don't want to let the cat out of the bag with that. But me and Chef are going to be working on something in the extreme near future. Well, I I, I am aware of uh, what that is because I, I was bringing you guys on to – potentially announce that um so that you know tim tim who's on air as well you know you have always you know something going on something in the works so i was super excited for for both of you for the thing that you're going you guys are going to be doing so um i mean i don't know how to how to like roundabout talk about it but it is very exciting because the two of you are very good at both, both very good at what you do and the foods that you offer. So, you know, I know that Tim, you have a palate obviously for, you know, chicken wings and your sauces. So, you know, you are spot on with what you can taste and ascertain from, you know, different flavors as well as Tony, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, I love, um, I, I think I have a good palate for, for food, <laughs> so which I've been blessed with. Um, and real quick, Tony, I don't know if you heard me sing, man, but the Lord has only blessed me with cooking. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, and what's funny? That the tri-state. No, I was going to say what's funny is you you say that but I've definitely seen some of your videos where you sing and um I don't I think I DM'd you one time cuz or I tried to DM you where I was like mimicking what you sang um cuz it it just really <laughs> amused me I was like oh <laughs> Well, Tim, Tim, just like I have a face for radio, you have a voice for books. <laughs> oh my god! 
Very true. Oh, my very, God. Very, very true. Um, but I just want to say this. I mean, without telling too much, but there are so many dynamic and incredible restaurants in the Tri-State area and the whole Delmarva and um, that people don't even realize and know about. You know, some of these restaurants are, are, could be dying in strip malls and not knowing that you're a few miles away and you got some of the best food around and you have no clue that it's right there. So, listen, get out, search some different things up, go to your local restaurants that you may not have visited, get out your comfort zone a little bit and try something new, and uh, you can be very, very pleasantly surprised. And um, I can't wait to try to go start doing that a little bit myself. I mean, me too. Me and my family, we get in our own comfort zone, and we order the same thing from the same places, and not knowing that uh, there's dynamic restaurants. Just For example, the other day we went to Mama Loon's in Blackwood, and um, a, a beautiful Jamaican restaurant, very small. I mean, a great staff, just just wonderful people. And uh, we go in there, we get some stuff, and it was dynamic. I mean, it was so good. You could tell they, they put – their foot and ankle and kneecaps into all the food and the heart. And um, it, it was just lovely. And they made a beef patty. So real quick, when I grew up in Wilmerboro, there was a place called David's Bakery. And uh, I was very young, and my older brother had brought some of these patties home. I never even heard of a patty. And we started eating them. I'm like, yo, these are some of the best things I've ever tasted. Spicy, they burned my lips a little bit because I was young. Um, I haven't had one since. When I went there and they handmade these Jamaican patties for me, it took me back. It felt like um, like ratatouille. Like the, the, wow. <laughs> like the, I mean, it took me back. Almost, I was a little kid again. I took a bite of it, and that's the thing that's so nostalgic. And, and these flavors that are in the tri-state are incredible. And you guys have that experience also. I mean, that sounds like something that I would love to go out and with you, you know, and try out. Give you, you know, maybe we could Absolutely. like, yeah, exactly. We could go out and like record it and do a live uh, review. Of uh of the foods that we're trying out, which would be fun, um you know. But uh getting back to what you do, so you are. I was excited because you opened up in the the union. Yes, that was very exciting, you know. And it's all about you know building relationships and um, good people. So this relationship I had made with um, the gentleman that 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 runs uh, Spectacor. Um, concessions and food and beverage, Rich Borman, I worked for, God, almost 17 years ago in Philadelphia at the Wachovia Center, and we're still friends, and uh, when a spot opened up, he contacted me, and uh, we went down there and made it work, and now we're bringing some of these, some of the best wings in New Jersey over the bridge, and uh, people are loving it, loving the best damn chicken sandwich around, um, you know, all the sauces and flavors, and so it's been wonderful. That's that is wonderful. Now, um, and then I'm gonna shoot over to Tony too. For our listeners out there, the round dog that he had mentioned, um, there has been a lot of thought and, and effort that has gone into this. So if you haven't actually seen it, um, Tony, why don't you tell our listeners exactly what the round dog is? It's it's a round hot dog, but it's very, very different. It blew up prematurely because of a leak. I, you know, almost a year ago, and the Today Show jumped all over, and Good Morning America jumped all over it, and all the New York Post and New York Times, and every magazine was talking about it as the future of the hot dog, and it kind of got a jump too quickly. So we have lined everything up. We are ready to go. I mean, everyone wants this product. Every distributor wants this product. I mean, it will literally change the landscape 
of the hot dog. Not that the hot dog will go anywhere. I mean, it's it's another alternative, another another way to enjoy a hot dog, but you eat it on a hamburger bun, and it it eats like a sandwich, and you can put, stack them as high as you want. You can put as many toppings. You can treat it the exact same way that you treat a burger. Exactly the same. So, Tony, I think at the food historian here, hot dogs, uh, you know, FDR served hot dogs to the Queen of England when she visited here many years ago. So I think that uh, as soon as you're ready, we need to pack up the vehicles and we need to be driving to uh, Washington, <laughs> D.C. and serving the Biden some round dogs so we can get that presidential approval there. You know, I mean, coming from Delaware, the Biden should be willing to do that. I mean, you know what? You're Tony Luke. And um, I think that you know they really need to jump on board with this. I think what you have here is, is, you know, as American as anything. When you can combine the shape of a hamburger with the flavor of a hot dog, what screams America better? And coming out of Philadelphia, this is the thing we're going to, you and me, we're going we're gonna to get the Bidens on board with this, and we're going to go ahead and, and make this happen. I'm ready for the road trip. You just let me know when. <laughs> and not for nothing, I can change, I can change the name from Ticket Tipping Dog it's chipping round dog very easy. Yeah, and I mean since it you since it builds like a sandwich, you know, because it is on a hamburger bun, you could do a lot with that. You could do like a nice messy yeah. like chili chili round dog. Well the great yeah, thing about it is if you already sell burgers. Like a sandwich. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's actually the slogan is um Everything you love about a hot dog in the shape of a burger. That's the slogan. I like the fact that we could say Chicago who? <laughs> <laughs> New York who? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coney Island, where's that? <laughs> I've never heard of that. But look at this round dog. <laughs> yeah, Coney that could be like. The epicenter of hot dogs. <laughs> Now, will you will we be able to actually purchase uh, the round dogs inside um, grocery stores? Well, I, I know that the according to all of the businesses we've spoken to, the round dog will initially go out for all food services, so all restaurants, stadiums, sports complexes, uh, um, diners, burger joints will be the first. For it to really hit, and then retail will be right following immediately after that. That's very cool. Um, now, Tim, when... and now when will that be available? For for it'll for, probably uh, be available. Uh, it'll probably be available. Uh, what are we in April? I'm assuming it'll mm -hmm. be everywhere by by June. <laughs> Tim's gonna be one of your first oh, customers. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so everyone will carry it. The link. Uh, I don't know about I'm the link. I, I, link the yeah. only the only thing is there are certain you have to understand that certain stadiums and sports arenas have contracts with certain uh, companies. Like they can only serve this brand of this or this brand of that. So. Even if you had a hot dog, even if you were offering a hot dog in in a in an arena or any kind of a stadium, you may be limited to a type of brand because of the contract 
that they have. Now everyone is different. You know what I mean? So the different ones yeah, have like different the junior, Some don't have that. I can tell you can have that one. Gotcha. So, Tony, should we be talking to Rocco Galelli and uh, and being down there at Welcome America this year and doing round well, dogs at Welcome? Well, see, here's the thing. The great thing about the round dog is, it you know, it will literally be available everywhere from, right. you know, every food distributor will have it. Because it, it's, it's not a thing that's exclusive to me. So it's like, oh, we have to get it, you know, from Tony. I mean, it's it, just like you buy regular hot dogs. The round dog will be available yeah. everywhere. And, and Tim, um, when are you planning to reopen the uh, the your various wing kitchen locations? So I'm looking to open Turnersville towards the end of May. Um, if we do open back up um, Glassboro, the Bronx location, it won't be until the fall, um, when it, or until late summer when the new semester starts, when the new year starts. But uh, we're looking towards the end of May for the Turnersville location. But look out on my Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. We'll probably do a um, a pop up sometime, and uh, nice. all these new sauces and things I'm working on, I want to put out and get some feedback from them. But it's some dynamite things coming up, some dynamite sauces and dynamite flavors, all fresh stuff. Especially the summertime, we're the Garden State. I got some new chimichurris and and this thing called Fuk, which is like my Israeli hot sauce with just different peppers and different things. And I'm messing with peri peri and some North African spices, and uh, I'm just excited. You know, it's just such big flavors, and again, why I started for my students um, who, some of them don't taste many foods, but their vehicle as a chicken wing makes everything familiar. So putting these new crazy flavors on a chicken wing and kind of bring them around the world and around the country on a, a comfortable vehicle and really open up their palates and minds to different flavors and combinations by putting these things on a chicken wing. So. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Now, uh, Tim, where can we find you on social media and online? So everything is Timothy Witcher, um, Twitcher on Twitter. I don't even I'll do Twitter that much. But it's Timothy Witcher on Facebook, Timothy Witcher on uh, Instagram, and I believe it's Chef Witcher on TikTok where you can, where you can hear some of my, my beautiful vocals. Uh, <laughs> different places. Check out some new flavors and, uh, and offerings and um, and and what's coming up soon? So follow me, so you can stay abreast of what's coming up soon. All right, and Tony, that's want, awesome. Want to let everyone know where to find you? Yeah, it's just Tony Luke Jr. on all social media at Tony Luke Jr. Instagram, Facebook, um, uh, TikTok, um, Twitter. But I don't do much Twitter either. <laughs> but normally Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. And a lot of stuff with the SoundMind Network, if they just go to the website, soundmindnetwork.org, they can see the concerts that are about to come up, all the new artists that we're working with that are getting involved in in doing different songs for the projects because more and more artists are coming on every month get added to the roster of artists that are getting involved with the foundation. All right, and so everyone out there. Gotcha. And Tony, real quick, it should be always hashtag the goat. <laughs> the greatest, <laughs> Tony is the greatest man. I love Tony Luke. Not only is he talented in everything, which I'm envious of, but I admire. Um, he's just a genuine, good, great guy, man. And Tony, I love you, bro. I really appreciate you, and uh, I can't wait to start a new project. Shh. Well, I feel. I feel. 
I feel the same way about you, my friend. You're an amazing, amazing, incredible human being. You're ridiculously talented. And I think people are going to love our new venture together. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Well, everyone tune in and look for what they have going on. And guys, thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Oh, thank you for having us. All right, baby. Take care, gentlemen. Thank you. (laughs) Let's take a break and we'll be right back. Tune in to Dining on a Dime to hear from Gene Blum, our chef, educator, consultant, and historian. You can find him across social media at ibfoodie2 or Gene Blum at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. And you can also tune in to listen to Amaris Pollock and find her across social media at A-R-P-O-L-L-O-C-K-U-S at gmail.com. And we're back. Amaris Pollock, introduce us to your fabulous guest. Hi, everyone. I want to introduce you to Brittany Tolliferio, who is the owner of Chickaboom. Uh, Brittany? Yeah, thank you. To, thank you for joining <laughs> us to, on Food Farms and Chefs. No problem. Uh, now, I found it interesting because you actually started out uh, not in the culinary world, but in the world of banking. So what inspired you to, you know, venture into the culinary world? Honestly, Amherst, it was the frustration of keep going to these large uh, corporate uh, old school uh, fast food restaurants. And I just said, you know what? I'm tired of getting these this food of, not, of non-quality I'm going to start something on my own. Which is, you know, and you did. And, you know, you started during this point in time where it, it you know, the world kind of shut down. So uh, how was that, you know, opening up Chickaboom and, you know, all of a sudden the world kind of came to a halt? I mean, it was pretty easy for me. Nothing really, it, it didn't really affect my business surprisingly. Um, I got a lot of support from the community. Um, I call I call everybody that support is boomers. Um, they they they've been supporting and they still are supporting. So it really didn't affect um, the business too much. Now um, you actually opened your first location in uh, Fullcroft. So how was that, and how was the popularity? And you know, what did you do to adjust to um, to the pandemic? And you know. It was amazing because it took the world by, well, the area of Philadelphia took the Philadelphians by -hmm. storm. You became so popular and so quickly. Yeah. So um, initially when we first opened up Fall Crawls, you know, everything was, everything is doing well and it's still doing well. Um, However, when the pandemic happened, um, you know, we just kind of adapted to it and, you know, it's a takeout location. So that location was fine. Um, the second location that I opened up at the height of the pandemic is actually a drive-through. So it kind of, everything kind of just like worked in my favor, uh, surprisingly. So it didn't really, cause we weren't taking people on the inside or anything like that. So we just operated drive-through and fall across to the takeout spot. So, which is very good. And I see that you also have a food truck out there too. Yep. We have a food truck, um, that typically if we're not at any events or anything. It's located in South Philly at 24th and Pass Young. Um, we will be doing, um, we'll be at the man, uh, this season, 2022 and, um, some events at the BB&T center in Camden as well with the truck. Which is very cool. Um, now what are some of the sandwiches? Cause I was looking online at the sandwiches and I was just like, you know, kind of drooling. So where did you come up with them and you know, how, where did you learn how to cook? 
So actually, I'm really not a cook. Um, it just kind of was putting some of my favorite toppings together. We have coleslaw, pickles, American cheese, scallions, our boom sauce. That's kind of like our house sauce, which is a secret. I can't give you those ingredients. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to put together a sandwich that wasn't a one trick pony. Um, you know, typically sandwiches have cheese, maybe pickles and that's it, a bun and that's it. So I kind of wanted to, when the person, like when the consumer bit into the sandwich, I wanted to make sure they, they, there was some type of like wow factor, um, that every time they bit into it, there was another flavor that they were, um, experiencing. And I mean, some of that flavor that they're experiencing is I, I read up on on the chicken itself, the fried chicken. You the recipe you uh, obtained from came from your grandmother. Yes. Yep. Um, so I've been kind of messing around with that recipe. It's her recipe to an extent. And then I kind of added my own touch and flavor to it as well. Now, do you think that that's what makes it popular is because it came, it came from like familial love? I think that's a part of a part of um, a part of the reason. But then I, you know, when I added those extra ingredients uh, to it as well, that's what really made it pop. Yeah, because I know that you have the habanero uh, one as well, and I was like, that's one of the ones that was making me drool so much was <laughs> when I saw that. Yeah, the habanero is amazing. Um, personally, my my personal favorite is the honey garlic parm uh, sandwich, mm-hmm. and um, our boomers. Our favorite is the sweet Thai chili and the hunt garlic farm. That's like our top seller. Which is very good. Now, um, I, it's it seems like your locations are, you know, uh, in a very specific area um, where not so many chain restaurants are, are available. So is that, was that done on purpose? Um, yeah, so I kind of wanted to open up Chicka Booms where in the, in the, in the communities, because, um, you know, it's hard to get quality of food um, inside of in the communities um, so I wanted to definitely do that as well but we also are expanding to you know more uh, institutional locations as well um, so we're inside the Lincoln financial field um, and then we are also opening one in the northeast um, I'm also looking to open up one in Reading Terminal so you know I try to put them in strategic places and that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because you are opening up different locations and, you know, opening that up. And with your goal in mind, I believe that you would like to, you know, franchise at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely want to franchise in the future and um, take Chicka Boom National. Which would be an amazing thing, you know. And so how how else are you giving back to the community and are you having any events that are going to coincide with uh the the opening of the new restaurants well definitely by just putting putting the sugar booms in the community um that's just you know offering job opportunities um constantly we're consistently hiring and if anybody is looking for you know a job they can go to chickaboom.com and apply um but yeah so uh definitely just by uh having uh, employment uh, for for the community in the area, which I is, would say that's a good fact. Yeah, and I and you're you're as as you had mentioned, you're opening up different locations. Are you going to be having a grand opening celebration? Yeah, so we'll be having a grand opening celebration. Um, we'll be the grand the official grand opening is going to be April fifteenth, um, but April fourteenth we're just in, we're inviting like you know so, social influencers, food bloggers, they can just come on down. And try out Chicka Boom. We'll have the tents out. It's going to be a good vibe. 
And um, what are some of the other things that you offer on your menu? So outside of chicken sandwiches or fried with the boom sauce, um, chicken and waffles. Our chicken and waffles are second to none. Uh, they're amazing. Um, and they are really, 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 really good. Uh, we have flavors for days with our chicken and waffles. Uh, we have fruity pebbles, cinnamon toast crunch, blueberries and cream, strawberries and cream, banana nut crunch, and the list goes on. Do you offer that as a breakfast or just like all day? Because I know that's that- all. Yes, <laughs> all day. That is all day. So you can pull up to the drive-through in West Philadelphia, and you can get chicken and waffles at at eleven fifty at night if you want, or you can get it as early as eleven a.m. in the morning. Um, same thing with the Falcroft location as well. Um, you can get it as early as the store opens or when it when it's about to close. Which is a lot of fun because I know a lot of people who love chicken and waffles. Like that is such a popular item, especially on brunch. But you're not just offering that for brunch. You're yes. offering that all like 24-7. And I think you want a, like an award for your chicken and waffles. Yes, our chicken and waffles are number one. <laughs> Same with our sandwiches. Same with our sandwiches. But our chicken and waffles is number one for sure. Because I can see, like, I can see online. I have, you know, I need to go there, like, right now. But I can see online, like, it's when you bite into the sandwich, it's loaded with, like, dressings. And, you know, the ingredients are kind of coming out the sides. And when you're eating a sandwich, especially when you're in a fast, casual environment, you know, you don't get, like, that quality and, you know, that that level of just, like, comfort food. Love. And, and, and the love that we put into, like, our food, you really can taste it. You really, really, really can taste it. Yeah. And, like, you can see it. You can't, you, like, I physically can see it in the photos, you know, where you're, it, when you're going to bite into it, you're going to feel that, that sense of, like, satisfaction. Yes. And, Amaris, when you, what you see on, like, our Instagram page or our website is the same thing that you get when you open up a Chicka Boom combo. So if it's if it's one way in the picture, it's going to be the same way when you get it. Now you have a a limited honey buffalo bacon sandwich too. So yes. you, how often do you do like your limited menu options? The limited is is I would say it's right behind the sweet tie. The 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 limited sells like crazy as well um, because that one is just bursting with flavor as well. Now, and bursting with flavor is is definitely something that, you know, we enjoy and embrace on Food Farms and Chefs because we like flavors. We do. (laughs) Yeah. That was Gene for you. Um, You know, and he can go on and on. He's a chef as well. So how, like, who who comes up with your different ideas for the menus that are, you know, that are out? Me. So you come up with the idea. So you do cook. See? (laughs) Well, yeah, yes, yeah, somewhat, yeah. So do you have, like, I thought, you know, I think of, you know, five-star, but, yeah, I mean, it is a five-star chicken sandwich. It is. <laughs> now, do you have, like, a test kitchen where, like, people can, you know, line up and go, okay, I'll try your next sandwich, or is that just, you know, your family? To be honest, um, the, the new items that uh, we have on the menu, I literally just go into one of the locations, I'll whip it up, and then I'll just, uh, cut it up, and I'll just ask the staff members, what do you think about it? <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like a team effort. I just, I'd ask them, and they give me their feedback, and then we put it on the menu, boom. 
which is a good thing. I mean, yeah. especially if it has a, it comes back as being a positive, like, hey, we love this. Um, so are there any uh, different things that are coming up for you um, on your menu that you might be talking about like any combos that you would say hey if you're gonna come here try out this combination um i definitely would definitely say if if you're going to come to chicken try try the honey garlic parm combo try the sweet thai combo you really can't go with go we have eight different uh combos like eight different flavors sandwiches you can't go wrong with anyone you can't go wrong with the chicken and waffles either I definitely would encourage everybody when you come to Chicka Boom, don't be basic. Don't don't just go for the the tender combo or the uh, party the Boom party wings because it's an unfamiliar menu. Try it out. We put these flavors together because we know they you know they marry each other. There it's going to taste good. So definitely be adventurous when you come to Chicka Boom. Um, this spring we'll be launching uh, our our crave uh, frozen treats. So it's a non dairy um, like frozen treat, kind of like water ice, but it's soft serve. If, if that makes sense um so yeah we'll be launching that this spring so it, you know it it almost sounds like a little bit like i mean gelato isn't is still dairy so you said it's dairy free is, is it yeah. is it like a coconut milk base so it's like it's kind of like i guess like a polish water ice okay yeah something something like that something so, to cool um, you down during the summertime that's right, and we'll have we'll have flavors um, for that as well. We're um, starting off by launching the strawberry lemonade and mango, so that'll be coming um, this spring. And then we also are going to be opening up the new location in the Northeast, the Chickaboom Northeast. Um, like I said, April the fourteenth. Uh, that's the pre-opening, and then fifteenth, the grand opening. We'll be having free donuts, so we'll be launching Chickaboom donuts very soon as well. Oh, that's exciting! Are you going to do yeah. like the the trendy like donut sandwich with the Chickaboom? You know what? Actually, we were gonna do um, the, a waffle sandwich like that, like the, uh, a waffle with our waffles and like with the tenders. I think uh, that's what we're gonna be doing pretty soon. Okay, because I know there's a a, comp- uh, a donut place. I was like, I don't want to name it because I don't want to cause cause issues. But there's a, a a chain that creates a sandwich with a chicken tender. And they use donuts. And if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, if you're coming out with a Chickaboom donut, I'm I'm sure that you know people are gonna start asking for it. Yep. Um. Now, can we when we go there, can we get sauces on the side? So like, say with the fries, we want to dip it or like load fry. You know, do maybe a loaded fry with the sauces. Yeah, so, um, like, any time that you get a chicken boom combo, it's going to come with the boom sauce. Like, we don't offer any type of ketchup or anything like that. So, any time that you, that you come to chicken boom, the best sauce to get to dip with your fries is the boom sauce. Um, we also have specialty fries as well. Any flavor of the sandwiches um, that we have, you can come get, like, a chicken fry. So, it'll be the fries with a lot of uh, gooeyness and a lot of sauce and a lot of flavor. So, we have mango habanero chicken fries. Sweet Thai, honey garlic parm, jalapeno honey. Um, we have a lot of different flavors. Now, with your grand opening for your new Northeast location, are you going to be offering any specials or deals? Uh, yes, the free donuts. Oh, right, the free donuts. I am so sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, are you going to do that across all of your Chickaboon locations, or is it just going to be at the Northeast location? 
Yes. So uh, for the grand opening, we'll do the free donuts, but um, we'll definitely be launching um, the donuts in all of our Chickaboom locations. Oh, that's exciting. Um, (laughs) So with that, how can people um, find you online and on social media and at your various locations? So our um, social media is chickaboom.co. Our website is www.chickaboom.com. And um, our stores, our drive-thru is 46 and Lancaster, 4626 Lancaster Avenue, Philadelphia, PA. Uh, we have one in Delaware County, 1946 Del Mar Drive. And then we'll be opening up a new store, uh, 3677 Frankfurt Avenue, and that'll be on April the 15th. And again, let us know uh, where to find you during, with your pop-up areas, with your food truck. Oh, so our food truck will be at 24th and Pashyunk. For any updates, if our food truck is going to be at any events or anything, um, you could just follow us at chickaboom.co. Thank you so much for joining us, Brittany. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Brittany. PhillyRestaurantReviews.com for all information about the show Emirates Park. You can find me across social media at ARPolicus, or if you would like to be a sponsor of our show or a guest, you can email me at ARPolicus at gmail.com or email us at foodfarmsnchefs at yahoo.com. Chef Gene! You can find me across social media at ibfoodie2 or at Gene Blum, or you can email me directly at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. That's I-B-F-O-O-D-I-E, the number two at yahoo.com. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next week.